Welcome to Question Mark, the podcast. Exploring the greatest story ever told with open minds and open hearts. We light it up, we won't come down. And the sun can't stop us now. Watching it come true, it's taking over you. This is the greatest show, where it's covered in all the colored lights. And the runaways are on in the night. Impossible comes true, it's taking over you. This is the greatest show. Hello and welcome to Question Mark, a fortnightly podcast about the greatest story ever told, Mark's Gospel. Whether this is the first episode you've listened to or you have the whole set, you are very welcome here. My name is David Payne and I'll be your host and guide on this, the 22nd episode of our journey through this ancient tale with a surprisingly contemporary feel. Are you ready to join us on this unique adventure of faith and life? It's my great pleasure to introduce our special guest today. Dave Adcock is known to many people in Southampton and has been a great supporter and encouragement to many of us over the years in a number of different roles. I've known him as a teacher, a guide around Southampton's walls and a keen park runner, but that's only a few of his talents. and I'll let him introduce himself in a minute. And Stefan Smart, who started this I Am Mark journey by learning Mark's gospel by heart as a theatrical performance and has shared his fascination with the story with thousands of people in a huge range of environments over the years. We'll let the guests go first. So Dave, would you like to start by saying who you are and where people might have seen or heard you before? <laughs> yeah, um, as, as you've heard, my name's Dave Adcock and um, I was brought up in West London, but I came to university in Southampton in 1973 and lived in Southampton ever since. Um, I was one of the people that was involved in the beginning of the church, which is now known as New Community Church. And um, I actually worked for that church for 24 years. And um, then, um, I always say in praise of midlife crises, um, got to the age of 50 and um, left the employment of the church. And um, I started doing um, different jobs. And uh, I, I've worked for BBC Radio Solent for 18 years, um, producing a daily thought on there. And um, so providing speakers and doing some myself. And that opened up all sorts of doors. I, I, got about six trips to France um, with the BBC through that and um, did, did some other things with them. Um, but then for, at the same time as I was doing that, for about um, 12 years, I worked for an organisation called EU Welcome, which was actually um, a project of the local Catholic church. And it was to support people um, who had come to Southampton from different countries of the EU. Most were Polish, but there was people from Spain and Portugal and Romania and Bulgaria and the Czech Republic, et cetera, et cetera, as well, who we worked with. I did that for about 12 years. And while I was doing that, I started the work that I'm doing mostly now, which is um, working as a funeral celebrant. When I was um, when I was in um, uh, working for community church, I tended to be asked sometimes, people would approach me and say, you know, my granny's passed away. Um, she wasn't particularly religious, but we'd like someone to do the service who, um, uh, you know, who we know. And, and that sort of inspired me really. And so I've ended up 
um, being um, this strange role of a funeral celebrant and conducting funeral services, which I really enjoy. Get to hear lots of stories. And as Dave, uh, David Payne has hinted, I'm also a Southampton tour guide because um, I like history. Thanks, Dave. I haven't, I'm glad to say I haven't had to call on you as a, a funeral celebrant yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, run... people don't like to see me too often. <laughs> I, I run quite a long way behind you at Southampton Park. <laughs> um, moving on. Um, so the fact that uh, you're listening to this podcast suggests that you probably have some idea of who Stefan Smart is. But Stefan, I wonder if you'd like to introduce yourself. How long is it since you first performed Mark's Gospel? And why are we here today? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, it's actually 2016 that I've performed pretty much all of it for the first time. Um, but I did bits and pieces before then. Um, why are we here today? I just love talking about Mark's. The more I look at it, the more I perform it, the more I realise this is a wonderful, wonderful story. It's full of depth and insight. And I love talking about it. And I thought, wouldn't it be great to invite some people onto a podcast and have a chat? In fact, my kind of dream is to have people chatting about this a lot, not just on podcasts. So that's why we're here. Great. Thank you very much indeed. Well, you are both very welcome. And dear listener, you are very welcome as well. Um, I have to say the three of us have been in, often been in the same room together in many different situations over the years. But this is the first time we've done anything quite like this. And I'm really looking forward to giving you both the opportunity to share your thoughts on to the, today's passage from Mark's Gospel. Do feel free to say if you disagree. It's a conversation between friends. And I hope we'll all appreciate that. And if you, dear listener, would like to comment on what you hear today, we'd love to hear your thoughts about the passage on social media and especially on the I Am Mark community Facebook page. I'll say a bit more about joining the group later. Well, it's time to settle down and listen to today's passage from Mark's Gospel. And it's going to be read for us by Lucy Warner, a good friend of the show. Over to you, Lucy. Mark chapter 6, verses 1 to 6. New International Virgin, a prophet without honour. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? they asked. What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offence at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honour, except in his own town, among his relatives and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there, except lay his hand on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Thank you, Lucy. And now I'm interested to hear from Dave and Stefan what your initial thoughts are when you read the passage first, which was a long time ago, I, I realised. But what, what, do you, what comes to your mind first when you look at this passage, Dave, first? Um, I, I guess I, I was intrigued by the names of the people. That, that, that's the first thing that hits me. Um, I, I, I've actually got this thing about, I love it when there's different people that are mentioned, because if we think this is the word of God, um, it's quite interesting that individuals get mentioned. And, um, you know, we know 
Jesus's mother was Mary, but um, and we've possibly heard of James, but um, you know, the fact that Jesus had brothers called Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and he had sisters as well, um, that's that's quite interesting. Mm. I guess we ought to say that um, I think our Catholic friends might find it quite difficult to think that um, they were Jesus's physical brothers and sisters. So I think one translation would be sort of a wider family. So, you know, and I don't think we want to be fussy about that. If they're cousins, not brothers and sisters, we ain't going to argue. But um, anyway, I like the fact they get a mention. Yeah, nice, nice one. And what about you, Steph? What, what comes to mind first? The, the first thing ever when I read this story was the, the, the kind of phrase, the aphorism that Jesus used, um, a prophet is not without honour except in his own town, etc. Mm. And I thought, well, this is, yeah, this is very true to life. And I only discovered today, actually, that it was an aphorism. It's not Jesus's own compilation, that particular view. But it is true, I think. I think we'll probably go on to discuss that, that often people who are kind of celebrities when they go home um they don't get the reception perhaps they would think they might um and there's something about being in your hometown so i think that that was the first thing that really struck me um I, i'm just on what what dave said about brothers and sisters i've got to say it's interesting to me that the names of the sisters aren't mentioned whereas the names mm -hmm. of the brothers are so I'm presuming there's an element of, you know, what was the status comparatively of those people? Um, that, and is that why the names aren't mentioned? But anyway, it's, fasc it's fascinating, as you said, David. Yeah. Great, thank you very much. And we'll come back to that, obviously, in a minute. Um, so, Dave, you'll appreciate this, that we could make this into a game of two halves as a football supporter. Uh, the first three verses seem to fit together in the second three so I thought we'd break it down like that mm -hmm. um, and and talk about those separately obviously feel free to go over the borderlines as well but uh, the first section is as you've been talking about uh, Jesus going to the synagogue and his family or relatives were there um, and the people took offense at him Dave what do you make of those first three verses really it, it, it it's quite interesting i think the way it changes because um you know when you read the phrase where did this man get these things they asked it it, it sounds like they're going to be very praising of him wow that's amazing but in fact they turn it around don't yeah. they you know um what's this wisdom that has been given him he even does miracles again sounds wonderful but it's then it's almost like i scratch his head and say but wait a minute He's just the carpenter's son, you know, um, that, that's, that's all he is. It's quite interesting, actually. Um, I, I, I don't know whether it's occurred to you, but it, it's always in the um, nativity story at Christmas that, of course, Mark doesn't even cover, but um, Matthew and Luke cover. Uh, and, and when we see the nativity plays, we think of Jesus being the carpenter's son, but it's never said in those nativity stories that Joseph was a carpenter. And I think it's only oh, here that, that we read that. So that, that's quite interesting. That's just yeah. a bit of an aside, but I found that, that quite interesting really. Yeah. But, but yes, yeah, so, so it seems to turn very quickly from, oh, this is amazing to, oh, come on, it's just, just, just that, that kid again, you know? 
Steph, you said you were quite perplexed by this, the whole story yeah. when you first first read it. I think it is. Was... I think that is what Dave just said about the turn is really the, one of the main bits that's perplexing to me. I, you know, totally mm. understand. Yeah, because I would say what you just said, Dave, is really plausible in, in an odd way, even if it seems a bit weird that initially they seem to be full of praise and then suddenly they change. Mm. And I yeah. think, well, it's possible. Uh, and certainly in the, I was thinking even at the end of the gospel, that exactly happens, doesn't it? With the Palm Sunday followed by the crucifixion. So the same people potentially who were praising him at that point were baying for his blood later on. Yeah. So, yeah. but I, I also think, I mean, this is, I have to say, this is partly not, this isn't my idea. Someone else who I'm talking about Mark's gospel with is a, he's a orthodox um, theologian and he's um he's got this idea it's fascinating he said well i don't know i don't like it. i don't like this change idea i don't like it I, I i think it's quite plausible but he didn't like it and he says something like you know there must be something going on which we're not actually seeing we need to maybe look mm. a bit close more closely and he goes back to chapter three where jesus's family is mentioned again yeah and and i know you you were going to mention this weren't you and and I think he, make, he makes the point that when the family were upset with him at that point, allegedly it was because he was out of his mind. But if you look at the rest of the story up to that point, Jesus was getting in an awful lot of trouble. He was getting into trouble. And in fact, really very, very soon previously before that, the Herodians and the Pharisees wanted to kill him. So he was in big trouble. And that reflected really quite badly on the family. So when these guys here say, you know, what are these remarkable miracles he's performing? Uh, what's this wisdom that's being given to him? And then at the same time, they, in the NIV, took offense at him. It's almost like they are saying, yeah, he's a, he's a brilliant man. We love him to bits. He's doing this incredible thing, but, but he could get us into trouble. Mm -hmm. Also, yeah. I, you know, I, I just wonder, you know, maybe we'll talk about this a bit later, but that took offence phrase is really, really, really interesting. And for me, I would say it's the most interesting bit of this passage um, because that phrase means, as I understand it in the Greek, these people were ensnared. It comes from a word which is the equivalent of our scandalised. And it means like caught in a trap. And there's something about, despite the fact they know he's doing something from God, they just can't get their head around the fact that he's also a local boy. It's yeah. like they can't, they can't make the shift in the logic. And I thought to myself, when I, when, I, when I noticed that, I thought, you know, that's so true to life. So mm. each of us have a kind of often whole communities especially, have a particular view and they hold on to that view and it's impossible to shake them no matter what evidence is given to the contrary. So yeah. racism might be a really good example actually of that, where communities, whole communities could be said to be racist. The evidence suggests something different, but they're, because they're tightly knit and they've, they've kind of They've got caught up in this thinking, a particular way of thinking. They can't shift. 
So I, I, think, I, that's I, really I think that's really it. Well, once you have a way of looking at the world, which is specific, you tend to interpret everything according to that. I mean, even, don't worry, I'm not going to get political, but <laughs> even things like, like Brexit within yeah. a British and a European context, you'll get something that will happen and people who wanted to remain in the EU interpret it one way and say, well, that just goes to show it's ridiculous yeah. leaving. And, and then other people who wanted to leave uh, um, immediately say, well, no, it doesn't. It's, it's obvious that we're in a better place now we've left. And you end up thinking, so, yeah, you're right, shaking people out of their, um, their, I think the French would call it an idée fixe, a fixed idea, is, is, is very difficult, isn't it? Yeah, and definitely. and then of course for all of us because we're all ensnared, perhaps, aren't we, in the yeah. way we look at the world, um, which is why it's it's sometimes good for us to um, uh, follow people and listen to people who have diametrically opposed ideas. Yeah, that's a brilliant point, Dave. Okay. I mean, I, I think that it's also true of religion as well. You know, like Brexit is a good example, but religions are even better one, perhaps. Yes, yes. Because people have fixed views, and especially if they have it, they're in a group, whether they're, say, for example, whether they believe in God or whether they don't believe in God, that's the fixed view. And being in a group kind of cements the group, the, the fixed view. It's hard to break out. Um, yes. So it's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember... A, a, Years and years ago, I had a conversation with someone about um, uh, about whether um, Jesus heals today. And, you know, I, I was a great advocate of, yes, he does. Um, but I was talking to someone who, in fact, it was a medical doctor who didn't believe that. And he talked about a case where he, he, he said um, it was to do with um, a, a, a deaf person suddenly hearing again. And um, after prayer, and he said, oh, he'd really researched it. And, and he for a moment thought perhaps he was wrong and perhaps there was a miracle here. But, but then in some medical journal, he found um, an example of spontaneous um, uh, nerves coming back together again. And, and, and someone in a non-spiritual or non-religious context getting hearing back said well there you go so it wasn't a miracle then <laughs> yeah. you know but yeah. that was the way he saw, saw yeah. the world yeah oh really really interesting thank you thank you guys is there anything else in those first that first section of how people responding to jesus and why they i i think like I, that that you want I, to bring out anything else yeah i i suppose yeah, I, I suppose the fact that, you know, Jesus was doing miracles there, mm. I find really interesting. And on the on the local boy thing, um, I, <laughs> as, um, as you, you've already hinted, David, I'm quite into football. And um, I, I, I would say that when a young player emerges through the ranks of a football team, initially there can be a lot of, he's our boy sort of thing, and, and a real applauding him. But then, of course, um, for that young player, the, you, you see them, um, you see their inexperience at times. 
Um, and, and then sometimes if the team's going through a hard time, the fans are desperate for them to sign, you know, Carlos Kickabout or someone from, from some, you know, some great South American side who's going to be the new person who's going to come in and it's all going to be different again. So I've got a feeling that we can be like this in a, in a, very, in a very natural way. The interesting thing, though, isn't it? I, and, and you see, hearing about Jesus's family here gives us, a, you know, a bit of a tantalizing thing about what was Jesus like as a teenager? You know, oh, yeah. be, and, and, and the thing of him being totally God, but totally man. I, I don't know whether any of us can really cope with those two sides of Jesus. Yeah. And um, I, I find that, you know, I think do most of us go to the to the God side, really? Um, I think we probably do. And but you know what 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 did he do as a teenager? What, what yeah. you know, was he moody? Well, he was without <laughs> sin, so we got to be very careful. But anyway, I, I <laughs> I'll leave that yeah. to others to try and work out. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. What about you, Steph? Anything we've missed? Yeah, There's well, loads I, missed, I, I, I think I think what Dave <laughs> said is really, is really interesting about Jesus as a youngster, and um, I must say I would stray to the God bit, the God side of Jesus personally, and even in this passage. But I'll come on to that. But I think in 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 terms of his childhood, I hadn't realised, but this does give some really tantalising clues. I I thought the Gospels pretty much, apart from Matthew and Luke, you know, maybe bits and pieces. We don't get that much impression of Jesus's childhood, but here it says, isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, and so on. And um, these names, they're actually, they're all the names of patriarchs, apparently. And, and apparently that suggests that this particular group, this household, were very, very devout. So they would have named, they would have named their children after the patriarchs. That suggests a really devout religious family so that that's interesting i thought oh jesus was brought up in a really devout family how fascinating mm. um but i think yeah for me what really stands out apart from the the scandalized bit is the the questions they're asking mm. so as we've already said they're not they're not negative the first questions where did this man get these things What's this yeah. wisdom that's been given him? So he's got wisdom and it's been given to him. So that suggests it's from God. And what are these remarkable miracles that he's doing? So mm. he's clearly getting, he's clearly giving some idea to us at least that this man is quite extraordinary. Um, and from my point of view, that is really fascinating because those questions, those types of questions come up again and again in Mark's gospel. There's often the, who is this? You know, how can he do such things? Where did he get this teaching from? Mm. And the implication is, every time, the reason Jesus can do these things and he can teach in this way is because he has authority. And the authority he's been given is from God. In other words, he's God's son. In other words, he's the Messiah. So, when these questions come up, what it brings to my mind is, okay, so who is Jesus then? And I, I wonder whether Mark 
in the way he just arranges the gospel with these questions appearing again and again and again, that that's actually quite deliberate, that he's actually wanting us mm -hmm. to make that connection. And I think it's, it's, it is, a, it's a, you know, it's a lot of debate about who is Jesus. But the more I read this, the more I think, and especially even in these words, Jesus is being equated to God in a pretty clear yeah. and dynamic way. And that makes, a, that makes a huge difference, I think, in terms of how we read the gospel. Mm. Linking up that up with what you were talking about, we may not have time to go over the whole of his childhood. We don't know much about it, do we? Uh, one of the listeners' questions was saying, why would they be amazed? Surely they'd grown up with him. Had he, did he suddenly start? Yeah. I mean, you know, he went into ministry when he was 30 or so. Yeah. But did, did he suddenly change and start, you know, Good question. hearing? <laughs> did he get religious? <laughs> what do you think? It, it, it's very difficult. I mean, just that line, isn't this the carpenter? You know, I'd, I'd thought before about, you know, his dad, Joseph, being a carpenter, but what, what was he like as a carpenter? You know, did, did anything know. ever go wrong? You know, um, uh, I, <laughs> and, and that, that is just, well, it's too much from my mind that I, I, can't, I can't work it out. So part of me wants to believe he was the perfect carpenter, you know, mm -hmm. that he planed the wood and it was absolutely right and everything he did was, was wonderful. And then part of me thinks, well, Perhaps he had to learn. Perhaps he made mistakes as a carpenter. Um, yeah. But hey, who knows? I think, it, I think, uh, yeah, for my, the answer to that question, I think, you know, you get all these old stories. Apparently, they're gospels, aren't they, which talk about the childhood of Jesus. But, you know, whether we can take them seriously is another matter. But here, I would say the answer is probably no, he didn't before his ministry began because they would have known about it wouldn't they and yeah and yeah. and, and um there's a sense in you know right with chapter three as well when it talks about the family it, it, you know it's suddenly jesus has gone out of his mind it seems yeah. to be yeah. sudden it doesn't seem to be uh oh he's always been a bit like this a bit crazy yeah, <laughs> yeah. excellent yeah you do wonder what what was he like when before he not religious as you said Dave okay well unless unless anybody has any any um problem with that shall we move on to the second half and um prophet is not without honor except in his hometown which you've mentioned a little bit he couldn't do many miracles and he was amazed at their lack of faith um Dave do you want to speak to that first yeah well he couldn't do many miracles I think most of us would be happy for any miracles, wouldn't we? And, you know, I think it's one thing that, you know, in the, you know, I talked about um, moving to Southampton in 1973, being part of the start of what, what is now New Community Church in 1975. Um, and we've always wanted to see God do miraculous things. That's been part of the foundation of, of that particular um, community that particular fellowship um, and we've seen some remarkable things but I think some of us would say far less than we hoped we might have seen over the years and then that that brings a challenge to us can we argue that oh it's not the time for those things then we hear of God doing 
amazing things perhaps in the developing world and then we say is it different here than there you know i think it's very yeah the amount of times you hear people glibly say oh you know i went to um somewhere in asia or somewhere in africa and the blind were seeing and the, and the deaf were hearing and great things were happening and 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 you know we all get very excited about that but i think many of us have had a longing to see more things happen here um and then that challenge he couldn't do stuff because of their lack of faith and then we are then i think we struggle with that because faith itself is a gift from god you know mm. i can't work up faith you know um i i i, I can't manufacture it yeah. so i think there's hmm, yeah, there's some perplexing questions for us there. And Steph's smiling away. There. I just got it all the answers. <laughs> I'm thinking about this faith thing. I really am. It's, I mean, I, I, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure what that word means. I mean, I think I know what it means now, having thought about it a lot recently, but I think I've assumed I know what it means. And anyway, I'll, I'll come back to that because it is really quite important, but... I, I agree about the miracles that I think what well, I don't what do you think about this do you think the people being healed the few people being healed are they miracles or are they not miracles because it, it says in the beginning of verse five he could not do any miracles there oh, except, yeah. and then he says except yeah. so is it are they miracles or not and I'm thinking hold on I'm trying to think of the miracles he's done all together mm. so far so he's healed people, yeah. He's also cast out demons from people, which is a very important power, work of power. And then he's still the storm, which is a really amazing miracle. Yeah. That is a miracle. So I'm, I just, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think, do you think the, the sick people being healed are miracles or are they kind of mini, you know, not so, not so amazing things? <laughs> um, I, I think I'd be pretty pleased, <laughs> um, but um, but no, I I I do see what you mean. Was it, yeah? What? Because you know, John's gospel talks about signs, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, a lot, and and the, 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 the so the um the ones that John concentrates on are are very much to teach us something. Um, was that the sort of thing they were looking for? Something that was very sort of formative, you know? Um, I, 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 I don't know. Um, I'm still stuck that I'd like to see a few, you know? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I really feel that word faith though, because I think you're right. You know, when we read that, it's perplexing, you know, and maybe we might even feel a bit condemned because yeah. if, we've, if we've asked for a miracle, yeah and nothing's happened if we've asked for healing and we read that and we think oh it must be because of a lack of faith and i know of you know even some teaching that's happened in that way and i'm not sure that's particularly helpful actually um but i as i said earlier i i wonder about this word faith you know faith in what so it could be and this is the way i've taken it up to now until fairly recently anyway Faith in Jesus. Oh, okay, what's that mean exactly? Mm -hmm. Faith in his ability to do stuff? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe that is it. 
or is it something else? And the only thing I can think of that isn't that is I'm thinking of what happens right at the beginning of the story when Jesus goes into Galilee for the first time and he says, the kingdom of God is near. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent, he says, and believe the good news. So then I think about myself, OK, what's the good news? The good news is the kingdom of God has come. And what's that mean? Well, that means God has come to assert his authority over a world which has been ravaged by dark powers and death and disease and sin and oppression have completely oppressed humanity. God has taken the initiative now is coming with a new kingdom and his regime is coming into play with Jesus in the person of Jesus. That's what I think the message is. That's what the good news is. And that's what Jesus talks about. He goes about into Galilee proclaiming the good news. And I'm thinking every time now I read this word faith, I think actually it's not so much about do you believe in Jesus's ability to heal people more? Do you believe he, you, in Jesus? Do you believe Jesus is the person he says he was? And that's something really mm. significant because if, if you believe he's the person he claimed to be then he's god he's god in human form coming to take over <laughs> simple as that looking for followers to change and join him yeah to bring a complete dimension if, of life and i guess if not he's just the carpenter and you know he's the brother of these guys and yeah. these girls and and everything yeah so, that, so yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, sorry, Dave. I was going to say that's no, exactly no, no, it. No, exactly. That's, the, that's the contrast, isn't it? So you either say yeah. he's a man, he's just a carpenter, or you yeah. say, no, he's actually the son of God, and yeah. he's Lord of the whole universe, and yeah. that means he's Lord over my life. You know, those are the words that I remember. We were talking about this earlier, weren't we? About the day I became a Christian, yeah. and you were there, Dave, weren't you? Talking about a particular character in the Bible. And someone else was there at the time, another leader in the church at the time, who said, you know, there are people in this room who know that God exists for the first time. And he's Lord of the universe. And if he's Lord of the universe, he's also Lord of your life. And that was really like a, you know, a, a bell for my for me. It made absolute sense. Um, so I think that's what's that's the implication here. Who is he? And if he yeah. is what he says he is, what's that mean for me and you? Hmm. and going back to what we were talking about earlier he's he's both isn't he because yeah. he was yeah because we have you know it's important that we emphasize that jesus was here on earth he was tempted as we are you know he wasn't some if you like spiritual being that got beamed down he was brought up mm -hmm. and as we've said we know very little and about that upbringing and can probably understand even less but nonetheless he did live through the things that we live through he grew up as a boy and became a man and he was well as the scripture says he was tempted in all points as we are yet without sin and that again that i can't totally understand that but he was that person so he was <laughs> the carpenter to those people yes. he was 
the son of Mary. He was the brother of these people. And yet, as you've said, he was the son of God. And so he it's a both and not an either or. Yeah. 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 As we're looking at who Jesus is, which is quite an intriguing question. Can I introduce a listener's question, which is mm. just talking about how he res perhaps responded to what was being said. Uh, Jesus' own family, friends and neighbours he grew up with treated him without honour. Do you think Jesus felt hurt by their reaction? And whatever he felt about it, he still went to them, taught them and healed some. And despite the lack of respect shown to him, he still gave them every opportunity to be blessed. What do we learn about God as we look, about, as we look at Jesus? Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, it's amazing grace, isn't it? How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. It's that although he was treated badly he and and again I think he would have been upset in the way that if he was totally man as well as being totally God you know you and I would be upset if our friends and families you know the, the kids we were at school with or whatever seemed to criticize us and mock us yes he would have been upset but his grace was stronger than that. And, um, you know, of, of those brothers that are mentioned there, you know, James becomes one of the leaders of the church in Jerusalem. His mother Mary was there at the crucifixion. And, and you know, Jesus says to John, hey, this is your mother, and says to, uh, says to Mary, John, here, you know, of John, here is your son. So, you know, that a, that care was still there for them, but B, certainly those two, we know they, 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 they became people of faith. Mm. They did believe in him yeah. as the son of God, as well as, hey, you know, it's our bro, you know, or my boy, um, as the case might be. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to reiterate, reiterate everything you said there, David. It's like God never gives up, does he? And no. he, no matter how much we turn our back on him abuse him i mean i could speak of my own life before i became a christian that was my that was my stance but he never he never gave up in my in my no. experience and i'm sure it's true of many 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 people yeah Incredible. absolutely and, and even in our walk as christians as well you know we all know times when we've let god down and um you know but he's still there for for us i mean i i think you know uh, as as i as as life goes on and um you, you know i'm getting nearer the three score years and ten and all and all that but 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 it is just you know that the thing that, that that in in many ways right i've got doubts now about things like church and what church should look like that i didn't have back in my 20s in my 20s i knew it all i, I love the the song by bob dylan um it's called my back pages and he says i was so much older then i'm younger than that now you know and <laughs> i thought i knew everything and now i know i know very little but i, I i've never lost that sense of, of god being there full of grace and mercy and you know despite everything that yeah where I've let him down and you know he, he's there for me it's still there yeah that that yeah. I do know it is puzzling though isn't it in answer to the question that although it doesn't say Jesus is hurt what it says is 
he's amazed. Mm. Well, I don't yeah. understand quite why he would. I, it sounds like he's shocked. Does that does that sound right? Yeah. Because <laughs> again, the, the the God and the man thing. Because if he's God, yeah, well, you shouldn't. Have yes, exactly. Have known, it's so. obvious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that, if it's true, if that's true, by the way, I think that kind of really does cement this idea in my mind about um, the fact that there's this kind of mental block these guys are under, that mm. the evidence is staring them in the face, mm. and yet they can't see it. Mm. And maybe the amazement is that. It's like, it's obvious that I, what I say about myself, which is I, he says, I'm the son of man. That's all those allusions to that. He says the kingdom of God has come near and it's obviously in his person. All that he says about himself, he can't understand maybe that they can't get it. You can't get it. No. You, don't you get it? Yeah. 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 And, and maybe the, the, oh, the challenge that we all need to bring out of this is where are we stuck in our thinking of stuff mm. that we're yeah. just not getting? And perhaps perhaps God is looking down pretty amazed. Yeah. You know, you, Dave, don't you get it? Why not? It's obvious. Yeah. Oh. Well, I hate to say it, gentlemen, but I think it's probably time we were wrapping up this conversation for now, at least. I'm sure you've raised some really interesting issues that will be in people's minds, listeners' minds and my mind as well. So, Dave and Stefan, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure to focus on these words for a few minutes, and I'm sure they've caused our listeners to think a bit more about who this incredible man Jesus was in the greatest story ever told. Please join us again or listen to previous episodes on YouTube, Spotify and Apple music platforms. However, the go to place, as I said earlier, is the I am Mark page on Facebook. This is where you can find links to watch previous episodes of Question Mark, join in the conversation and even submit your questions for future episodes. Better still, you can become a fully signed up member of the I am Mark community Facebook group. This is where you can not only access all of the above, but you'll have access to all things I am Mark and even apparently to Stefan himself. It's by invitation only. So if you're not already a member, you can easily join. Just find it on Facebook and ask to join in the conversation. Does anybody have anything they'd like to add in the last minute or so of this broadcast? It's well, thank you. Good. It's just good, isn't it, to chat about these things and, and, and also to be in an environment where we haven't got the answers. You know, I, 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 I remember seeing a gospel track years ago and it said, Jesus is the answer. Um, <laughs> I, I now like to think of Jesus as the question quite a bit. And um, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's the answer. Well, but here's the question. Yes, that's brilliant. Thank you and goodbye for If you now. enjoyed this episode of Question Mark and don't want to miss any future episodes, be sure to click on the subscribe button. This also means other people can find the podcast and join the conversation too. We'd also love if you could leave a review so we know what was good and what we can improve for future episodes. If you want to find out more about I Am Mark, Stefan Smart's solo word-for-word dramatisation of Mark's gospel, go to www sleek.bio slash ironmark where you can sign up for free for his newsletter and a whole host of other goodies join us and our special guests next time where we'll continue to explore the greatest story ever told together 
If you want to get involved with the podcast or have any questions or comments in the meantime, please do get in touch using the I Am Mark social media channels. We'd love to hear from you. We light it up, we won't come down And the sun can't stop us now Watching it come true, it's taking over you This is the greatest show Where it's covered in all the colored lights And the runaways are running the night Impossible comes true, it's taking over you This is the greatest show